With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to Dallas Depth Discussion for Monday night, the 7th day of December 2015. We're winding down rapidly. And... Just in case anybody was wondering, uh, through the holidays, what might happen, whether there's going to be calls, whether they're going to be canceled, no. I'm going to be here. I don't know about you. I've always been here. I haven't missed a Monday night in six and a half years, and I don't plan to start now. So Dallas Depth Discussion will be every Monday night through the holidays. Have no fear. If you want to uh, come and join us, please feel free to do so if you... uh, Need some help with something? We'll try and help you. But as I said, this is Dallas Debt Discussion. We discuss debt issues. We discuss the consumer protection statutes, use of the courts, uh, various legal issues, strategies, situations. But we don't give legal advice. And, And there are several reasons why we don't do that. One, we have no clue what it is. Second of all, uh, Only bar-licensed attorneys are allowed to dispense that, so I guess they've got a corner on the market of knowing what it is, because we sure don't. So if you're looking for legal advice, my best suggestion is go find yourself a bar-licensed attorney. Seek that advice. You're probably going to pay for it. And be careful who you hire, because unfortunately, a great percentage of the legal profession is a bunch of crooks. Notice I didn't say all of them. A good percentage of them are crooks. They'll take your money, and they will sell you out. It's we've seen it so many times, but there are some. We got an echo, so we've got somebody that needs to mute their phones. If you're not muted, please hit star six on your phone and mute yourself, because if you don't, I'm going to mute you. Thank you. Um, but. The, uh, the bottom line is we advocate learning how to use the court system ourselves. Learn the rules, learn the procedures, learn how to read the documents, learn the terminology. And some people might say, oh, that's too much work. Oh, okay. And my question to you will be very simple. How bad do you want it? Because if you want it bad enough, you'll take the time to learn that stuff. And you need to learn it. You weren't taught that. Or you'd already know it. You know, if they taught it in the schools, you'd already be aware pretty much of, you know, court rules in general, court procedures. You'd understand the consumer protection statutes because you would study those and what they mean and who they're there to protect. Gee, consumer protection statutes. You're a consumer. Hmm, are they there to protect you? How can they protect you if you don't know what they are, where they are, much less understand what they say. Because you wouldn't have any idea whether your rights have been violated or not unless you understand what the law says, the Consumer 
protection statutes. That's what we focus on. The whole purpose of this call has always been about education. It's about us coming together as a community, the people of this country, not just your neighbor, not just the people who live within three houses of you or the guy that lives behind you. Your neighbors are the people in this country. I don't care if you live in Florida. Your neighbors are those that live in Alaska, even Hawaii, as far flung as it is. And it's up to us to all help each other, to help each other learn. And we don't charge anything for what we do on these Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night calls. I've done this for years and years and years. Terry's done it. Jeff's done it. John's done it. Jesse's done it. Larry's done it. We do this for your benefit. We do this to help other people. And the only thing that we ask in return for all the time and effort that we put in in digging out all this information, putting all these webinars together that are in Jesse's website, which I'll talk about in a minute, the only thing we ask in return is that you take the information that we help disseminate and use it for the proper purpose, use it for a good purpose to protect yourself, protect your rights, to enforce your rights, and when you have the opportunity to help other people. It's just that simple. Pay it forward. We don't get paid. The only way we get paid is when somebody comes on here and tells us, well, you know, I have a friend or I met somebody and they were having a little bit of trouble with this and they didn't know anything about it and I helped them with this and that and they got their case dismissed or who knows what. That's music to our ears. Those of us that spend every single one of these nights on these calls, that's the music that we love to hear. Nothing is sweeter to us than to know that there's people out there that have taken the knowledge, the information, and the help that we have provided, helped provide, and put it to good use to help others as well as themselves. So please do that. We don't have an advertising budget. Uh, it's pay it forward, pay it forward, pay it forward. It'll come back to you. Uh, the way TalkShoe works, for anybody that's new on the call, TalkShoe is very simple. It has a muting feature. And the way you mute yourself, and you are unmuted, by the way, when you come on the phone, on the line, and that's by design. I can change that. I can have everybody muted when you come on, and then everybody's got a, uh, a big rag over their mouth or in their mouth or whatever, and if they want to talk, they've got to raise their hand and, talk. well, I don't do it that way. I let everybody discipline themselves, and occasionally we have somebody that gets careless. So please have yourself muted using star six. It's a toggling feature, and if you listen to your phone when you hit star six, it'll say, you are muted. And if you hit star six again, it'll say, you are unmuted. It's just back and forth. Okay, when we get done with good news, which we'll go to in just a moment, we go to Q&A. We're here to answer questions, to try and help people with their situations. When we make a suggestion, which is what we're doing when we answer somebody's question. We're not giving advice. We're making a suggestion in terms of if we say, well, you want to do this or you should do that, we're speaking from the standpoint of that's what we would do if we were in your situation or in a similar situation to yours. We're not giving advice. 
we don't give you know legal advice. Like I said, we don't know what it is. We uh, you can't do that. You got to be a lawyer. So the bottom line is we're trying to give people suggestions and uh, our opinions on what they would do in certain situations. And for those new people that maybe don't know too much about us. All of us that are moderators here, John, Terry, Jeff, myself, are all litigators in federal court. We all litigate, and we've litigated multiple times, some of us more than others, me more than anybody. And uh, I don't say that to make it sound like, oh, I'm some big smart guy. No, it's just I have a whole lot of cases going on, which many of you know about. But the bottom line is, we speak from a pretty substantial amount of experience. Does that mean that we are experts? Absolutely not. We are not experts. But we've got a lot of knowledge that we've gained, not only through study, but uh, to a pretty fair degree uh, and varying degrees between all of us, the uh, experience that we've had in actually litigating in, in federal court dealing with the debt collection industry in one form or fashion or another, whether it's going after lawyers, whether it's going after the collection companies, the credit reporting agencies, various ones of us have done all of that, and some of us many times. The bottom line is we're here to try and help you. If we don't know the answer to a question, we're not going to throw a bag full of BS at you. We're going to tell you, well, I'm not really sure about that. You probably want to go and look such and such so-and-so to see if you can find more information. We'll try and point you in a direction to get information if we don't know the answer. We're not here trying to impress anybody. We're here trying to help people. And that's what this boils down to. So uh, don't take anything we say as legal advice. If you're concerned about it, then go anything we say, then go verify it yourself. And uh, uh, we encourage that. We encourage study. We encourage all of you to keep your nose in some kind of learning mode when it comes to the legal system and the debt collection industry in this country. The legal system is partially corrupt, not entirely. The debt collection industry is, for the most part, corrupt. So uh, the, the fact is, if you're having to deal with some of those, and, and make no mistake, the credit reporting agencies are part of the debt collection industry. They are debt collectors. Don't ever lose sight of that. They've even gone on record as saying so. So they're just a, another extension of the debt collection industry. But the bottom line is, it's help. It's not legal advice. If you want that, go find that lawyer. You're going to pay the money. They, they spend a lot of money on school. They've got to pay off their student loans somehow. I don't have any student loans to pay off, and I can probably answer a fair number of questions for people. So with that said, uh, I want to go to good news and see if anybody has got good news for us tonight. Good news can be anything from receiving a settlement check to negotiating a settlement to having a, you know, something positive happen on uh, a hearing or uh, motions before a court or any number of things. Bottom line is we want to hear the good news because you hear enough of the crap. You know, you, you hear about all the other stuff. You hear about uh, San Bernardino, California, and I was out there a few years ago. I was right in San Bernardino. And uh, 
there's lots of stuff going on. The world's not a happy place these days. And when I say the world, I'm not just talking the United States. I'm talking the world. And it's getting unhappier by the day. So let's hear the good news that people have about what's going on, the positive things that are happening as a result of their efforts. Anybody got any good news? You don't have to hit star eight and raise your hand. Well, I think it's really good news that they're pushing through the uh, the bill to do away with mandatory Common Core and most of the Department of Education's influence on our schools. Oh, yes, I agree, Terry. I absolutely agree. And if uh, people weren't aware of that, that there's uh, things are finally happening with uh, to dismantle Common Core. And just so, just so everybody understands, what that basically is is a reversal of the no child left behind crap that got started under Bush, um, which created a massive, massive Department of Education, which created. Uh, a massive problem with our educational system and resulted in a dive, I mean a major, huge dive in literacy levels and um, the level of, of competency in, in our graduate students over the last 10 to 15 years. Now the problem with Common Core is that's a UN baby. And that is not just the United States. That is global. That is all part of the New World Order. It's all part of Agenda 21. And what they were doing was making it mandatory, and they were paying the states money to help get them to go along with it and enforce Common Core. With this bill, all funding will stop it does not make it mandatory that Common Core be abandoned and gotten rid of. But without the money, there's nothing to support it. No more testing. There will only be, and I agree with this part, annual testing grades 3 to 8 and once during high school for the purpose of assessing where the students are, what schools are struggling, what areas they need help in, etc. That was always a good thing. And that was there before One Child Left Behind. But there won't be any more of this teaching to the test, stressing kids out, constant, constant testing and outrageous teaching that, especially in the math areas and English areas, where they're so frustrated. So the the point is that now education will go back into the hands of our our states and our counties and communities where it belonged, back into the hands of a lot more influence and power, back again for the parents. And so the governors of the states that have enacted Common Core will have to listen to the people because the money is not going to be there to enforce Common Core. So even though the law doesn't say you have to stop it, they won't be able to continue it. That's right. How. Well, the, the whole thing is, as soon as the federal government gives you money, there's always a ton of strings attached to it. One of the strings was that you had to do what they said. So it's the age-old thing when you get federal funding for something. 
oh, control. There's another part of that bill that we kind of missed when you sent that to me. I've uh-huh. been reading some more since the other day. Um, it includes support and uh, no interference for homeschooling. Yes. That's a that good is thing. huge because right. they're trying to stop that around the world. Yeah, they're trying to stop the homeschooling. And, you know, why are people homeschooling? <laughs> because they know that if they send their kids to school, uh, the traditional schools, they're not going to get the education that they need or that the parents want for their kids. So, no, all know. they're going to get is indoctrinated babysitting. Exactly. All right, well, that definitely is good news that uh, that's come along. You know, there's lots of good news out there. Anybody else got any good news for us? All right, well, we are in the holiday period, and I know things slow down here, and and that's fine. Uh, Good news uh, waxes and wanes. That's not to say that there isn't anything happening out there. Um, The only thing that I personally have is... Well, Midland moved four more cases to federal court today. Well, and they inadvertently missed moving one a while back, and they are past the deadline, and they can't move it to federal court now. So it's stuck in small claims court. So, that was the one that you were being quiet about, and you didn't say anything, and I thought, oh, they must have moved it. No. <laughs> I said they didn't move it, and they didn't answer, so they're in default in the state cl- in the state court. Oh my! And God. I'm just going to let it sit now. So, so tomorrow, who, David, really, you know who who got overwhelmed? Not you. Well, I don't know. I'm keeping up with things, but they moved uh, moved four more cases to federal court today. I have all my stuff done. It's sitting there at the door, ready to go out to the federal court tomorrow. My affidavits are all notarized today, and and I'm right on top of it. Um, also, for anybody that's interested, tomorrow is December 8th. Tomorrow there is a hearing in the MDL where all of these Midland TCPA cases are. And I'm not going to get into the settlement. That's going to be for another time. I'm going to uh, oh, yeah, really yeah. dig into that, but I'm not going to do it tonight. I don't want to dig into gonna that. You're going to wire up, do you? Well, well, we're going to have quite a discussion about that eventually. But uh, tomorrow is the hearing for the initial approval of the settlement agreement in the Midland MDL TCPA action. And uh, I have a copy of the settlement uh, proposed settlement agreement, which I went through and highlighted and sent to the other moderators and uh, – several attorneys, and the consensus was that I've been exactly right all the time. But uh, the bottom line is that hearing is going to be tomorrow, and if it gets preliminary approval, then it's going to be moving forward. They're going to be putting information out to those people that were uh, involved, and uh, uh, no, uh, not less than 230 days. In other words, about eight more months uh, is going to be before anything can start moving to uh, pay out anything or give anybody credit. 
and I will tell everybody, like I said, I'm not going to get into it. I don't want to get into discussing the terms of the settlement, but I will tell you it states right in that uh, settlement agreement, and I hope everybody's sitting down. When you talk about TCPA violations, they called over 41 million cell phone numbers. Oh, my God. Not not 41 million calls, everybody. They called over 41 million cell phones. And that would be 41 million calls if they only called those cell phones once. Right. And wow. I only got 113 calls from them. On yours. And you're just on, one. On mine. Yeah, I'm, I'm one. Right. So... Yeah, there's there's going to be discussion about this, but uh, uh, what I'm uh, a much larger piece of work that I'm going to be doing a lot of work on now. I have the other piece of the puzzle I've been waiting for. I've been waiting for the settlement agreement so that I could see what was going to happen, and uh, we will discuss that going forward. But the bottom line is, for me, the beat goes on. I uh, I go to the small claims court tomorrow. They said that they would have uh, the eight citations for me for the cases I filed two weeks ago. Oh, and while I'm there, I'm going to file eight more. And four of those eight will be sent out uh, to the process server tomorrow. Uh, I'm not going to waste any time. And uh, after I file the eight more tomorrow, that will leave me a grand total of just 12 left to file. Tomorrow will put me at 101 cases that I filed against Midland. Hey, Dave. It's just amazing. Yes. Congratulations, Dave. Yeah, thanks. Your MDL, yes. is that here? That's the one in San now. Diego, yes. Is, is that, do you want me to go? I can go. If, if you want to go, I don't. It's just going to be formality. I know what's in the settlement agreement. Okay. I mean, if you if you want to go and report back to us, that'd be great. You know, you might be kind of interesting, but uh, it's, it's basically there's a comment on both from both sides. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, if if you want to do that, that's strictly up to you. Uh, do I feel it's real necessary for information? No, not really, because. Uh, uh, there's exhibits along with the uh, settlement proposed settlement agreement, but the uh, settlement agreement uh, has a, uh, a very substantial amount of information in it, and uh, uh, like I said, we will be discussing it. But uh, it's really quite amazing when you look at uh, this company called over 41 million cell phone numbers, and uh, they only use predictive dialers. So Gee. probably not anything juicy. Um, well, let's let's just say when when discussion comes up about it, let's say that there might be some people who will not be very happy with the settlement, yeah. and for a good reason. But like I say, I don't want to get into that now. But uh, yeah, Pam, if you if you want to go, feel free to. Uh, uh, as far as information goes, I don't know. Is there really be 
much that I'm going that we're going to gain out of it because you know the courts had uh, the opportunity to read the uh, uh, proposed settlement, and of course everybody's going to stand up there and say, "Yeah, we agree. Yeah, we agree. Okay, great. Well, then we're going to start down the road of doing the administration of this stuff and put up the website and mail out the postcards. They've got a company all set to do all that. Everything's all laid out in there." So there's no argument. We're already you already passed the point of argument on. Well, on the on the class. See, this is settling the class actions. They were combined. Okay. Now it also, when this occurs, after there is a uh, uh, approval, the initial approval by the court, that sets things in motion for the opt-out process, where those that want to opt out of the uh, class can do so. And of course. I'll be right near the front of the line on that. Mm-hmm. So um, I will be opting out, and uh, it, it should be very interesting going forward. But uh, anyway, that's uh, that's what's going on. Uh, they they have one one of the lawsuits that they never entered. It fell through the cracks. They uh, they're uh, not only in default, but they surpassed the uh, deadline where they uh, can move it to federal court. So they're they're stuck in small claims court. And we'll uh, we'll just see how that works. But anyway, that's the uh, the only news that I have right now. One more time I want to ask and see if anybody has any good news. If not, then we will go to Q&A. Anybody with good news, speak or you're going to have to wait till later. All right. Doesn't look like anybody's got any right now, which is fine. You know, we know it ebbs and flows. There are some weeks that we it's, we almost get overwhelmed with good news, and, and I love that. All right, if anybody has questions, the way you put yourself in the queue is to hit star 8. Please have yourself muted using star 6 first. Saves me a step on the board. And uh, we'll take your questions and uh, hopefully be able to point you in the direction of uh, where you need to go with what whatever it is you're dealing with. We've got some people that have been doing, excuse me, some uh, some really good things uh, on some cases, fighting some pretty amazing battles. We have one gentleman down here in Texas that hired lawyers that were just incredibly incompetent. They put the wrong statute in the uh, complaint. They got the name of the defendants wrong. I mean, stuff like that and just didn't do anything, just absolute blatant incompetence on a TCPA action. And uh, that just absolutely boggles my mind. But uh, this is the kind of stuff that happens out here, and this is why we suggest that people learn this stuff themselves and learn how to use the courts so that you can avoid that. You know, in many cases you can. Not always, oh, oh, the other... Uh, I almost forgot about the big piece of good news that came about last week. Uh, Most of you know that uh, uh, I have been lead plaintiff in a class action suit that was filed uh, July 31st of 14, a year and a half ago. And I was supposed to go to Chicago for deposition last week. I didn't go. But there's a reason I didn't go. Because basically what we did is we put an offer to them, 
coming into the deposition, and, and it was basically, you either agree to this settlement or we're done talking settlement. We'll just see you in front of the jury. And uh, late Wednesday afternoon, I got a call from the attorney that uh, they had uh, just contacted him and agreed to settle. So that case is now in settlement, and uh, that'll all be taken care of. And uh, myself and the uh, co-plaintiff in that case will both get a very nice substantial check come about the middle of January. But I never did get to go to the deposition. I was really, in a way, kind of disappointed because I was really up for it and done a lot of preparation work for it. But... Um, I can say that I'm still going to have another deposition probably this month yet before it's out on a different case. If not in December, it might be uh, January, but they already want three dates. So uh, I will be going for another deposition, and that'll be local here. I don't have to fly out of town, and, and there's not much doubt in my mind that uh, that one will go forward, and that's just fine. So anyway, that's all I've got. So. And, I heard somebody start to say something. Yep. Hey, uh, EJ here in Texas. Have a little bit of good news I want to share before we go into Q&A. Sure, go ahead. Uh, I've been dealing with uh, DirecTV for a while and um, dealing with their attorney in California. So she came back after I rejected their first offer. They came back with another offer. I rejected it as well and sent them a counteroffer. And also, uh, on the last call, it was on Terry, Terry's call, I mentioned the fact that they had blocked the numbers, and they said, "Oh no, uh, they, we don't we, we don't do that. We don't block up numbers." I said, "I have the evidence. Would you like for me to send it to you?" She said, "Yes, please send it to me." So I took a picture. This is, uh, and I'm saying this to show you how important it is to have records and documentation. So I went back to 2014, pulled out the phone records, took a picture with my cell phone, turned around and emailed it to her. I said, here's the evidence to support what I've been saying to you as far as receiving a phone call from a block number on this date at this time. So they are, now that she has that evidence, so she's gone back to, uh, I guess, the party that, and I guess they have what these companies have, like DirecTV, they have a, a, kind of like a third party, but part of DirecTV inside to make their, their calls. And as I stated uh, Wednesday, uh, that they use auto dollar, God told me that, so forth and so on. So that's where things are right now. So we're, we're negotiating. I rejected the offer. Like I said, when they came back with another count offer to them, and uh, we'll see where it goes from here. But that's, uh, that's my good news is that they did come up. They doubled their offer, but they still are not where they need to be. They still got quite a ways to go. But they did double it. Now I've provided with provided them, excuse me, with this evidence, I'm sure they're going to be able to, they're going to come back now and probably get closer to where we need to be, and we'll see where it goes from there. So that's my good, good news. Well, thank you. And, and, and that's, you're absolutely right. And, and one comment I've made many, many, many times that I, I hope everybody pays attention to, if you're, especially if you're dealing with TCPA stuff, but, but really anything, FDCPA or anything else, there is no such thing as too much evidence. Document Absolutely. everything. 
document everything, keep good records, don't just throw the stuff on the desk or stick it in a drawer in the kitchen or in the desk or something like that. If nothing else, if you don't have a file folder or two, you know, stuff to keep this organized, get a one of these clasp envelopes and put it all in there. But keep it organized and and write down everything, all the details of everything. You may not need it. You know, going forward, depending on what happens, you may not need everything that you have. But I'm here to tell you, if you neglect collecting all that you need, when the time comes that you need something and it's like, oh, crap, well, I didn't save that, that can be the thing that slams the door in your face. So please, no such thing as too much evidence. Gather everything turns out you don't need it, that's fine. It's time and energy well spent to get you to your goal, which is making these people accountable. And, and you know, something I want to I want to touch on here, one of the things that uh, was in the uh, preparation that I was dealing with um, for the deposition last week that I thought I was going to be going to was the fact that they were, we very much anticipated that they were just going to be all over me because I lit, I've litigated a number of times in the federal court. That I'm just a, I'm a serial litigator. I'm vexatious. Well, you got to be prepared for that because that's, you know, they're they're trying to knock you off your perch, and everybody's got to be geared to understanding one thing. When you're doing this, when you are going after these people, you are simply enforcing your rights. Those rights were there, they violated them, and you have every right to pursue violations of your rights in the courts. That's what the courts are for. So don't let anybody bamboozle you. Oh, well, you know, you filed a, you know, a number of lawsuits. Eh? You're just out here trying to make a business. No, you know what? If nobody called my cell phone without my consent and didn't use an auto dialer, you know, I wouldn't have a thing to do as far as litigation goes. I could go sit in a courtroom and learn about other people's cases, but I wouldn't have any of my own. The only time, the only time I'm ever involved in a lawsuit where I'm the plaintiff is when I've got solid grounds that my rights have been violated and I have every right to stand up for myself. In fact, Congress is the one that said there's a private right of action and we encourage private attorney generals to go after these people to enforce the statutes so that the total burden does not fall on the government. We're encouraged to do this ourselves, so don't let any stupid lawyer tell you otherwise and threaten you and everything else. And believe me, I was very well prepared to go in there and have them just attack me like a bunch of buzzards on an old dead mouse in the middle of the road. I was ready for it. And you guys want to be ready for it too. Understand that there's nothing vindictive about what we're doing. It's you violate my rights, I'm going to come after you. There's a lot of people that won't, but when you picked on me, you picked on the wrong one. 
That's just what it boils down to. And it's the same way for all of you. Everybody in this country should have been doing a long time ago. And if they had, or at least in much larger numbers, we wouldn't have these problems that we have today. It would be a whole different world that we live in because it never would have gotten this far out of control. So, you know, you have a duty to stand up for your rights. It's, it's not that, oh, well, you know, it's nice. Yeah, it, it's nice. You have a duty. It, it's a responsibility you have. When somebody steps on your rights, kick them in the shins. It's your duty. Please do that. Learn how to do it. If you don't know how to do it, then learn. That's why we're here. Uh, All right. I'm ready to learn. Well, you're already learning. You're on these calls. Yeah, I got a few people to kick, specifically Jefferson Capital. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's all right. Jefferson Capital is one of our favorites on on the list of uh, boneheads out there. That's all part of the uh, corrupt debt buying industry. Hey, Dave, all right, just one to more. What? Just, to, just to piggyback, Dave, on what you're saying. <clears throat> um, you know, one of the things that I do is I, I, I have gotten uh, manila folders, and I will, what I do is I take a manila folder for anyone I'm dealing with, and I keep every piece of documentation in that folder. Yep. Envelopes, anything that I'm sent or that I receive in any form, I keep it. So like you said, I can go back if I need it. I can go back and put my hands on it. I have the name of the company on there, and I can use that information to go back if I need to, to pull any information that I need to help me in support of any case, a potential case that I might be dealing with. Right. And, and one cardinal rule as you collect all this stuff, whenever you get anything from the other side, whether you're in litigation or not, even if you're pre-litigation, you know, you're having correspondence, do not mark on, write on, or anything on the documents you get from the other side. You know, sometimes people, you know, they'll read something over, oh, this is a bunch of nonsense, you know, and they'll underline this or that. Don't do that. Make a copy of it. Keep the original that you get from the other side. Keep it pristine. Because when you write on it, what you're doing is you're spoiling evidence. And that can create an issue of whether it's even admissible in court later on. So, you know, if you get a copy of your credit reports, just like Terry said so many times and we've all said through the years, when you get a copy of your credit report, you know, sometimes people go through that and, you know, they'll circle this or they'll underline this or they'll write a little note in the margin here or there. Don't do that. Keep that credit report pristine. Make another copy of it and then write to your heart's content, highlight whatever you want to do. But keep the original documents as originals, don't mark on them, please. That can make a difference for you in litigation. It can be very detrimental to you. So, you know, just a lot of these things, it's stuff like that, you know, that, that we don't talk about a lot, but it, it needs to be mentioned on a regular basis because we've always got new people coming on here, and, you know, they're they're learning about this, and they're like, oh, wow, you know, I got this. Well, they, they get fired up. They sit down with their credit report, and, you know, they're jotting their well, notes on the margins and everything, and they don't understand the damage they're doing to themselves. Yeah, it's like, you know, we all do it. You get something in the mail, and you make notes on it, and you write on it and stuff. You don't ever stop to think, oh, wait a minute, I can't use this as evidence if I alter it. Yep. I do one of two things. I either use sticky notes or yep. 
I make copies, one of the two. And uh, if there's anything that, you know, I, I just need to make one teeny little uh, uh, note, I just jot it on a sticky note and put it on the front of and it goes in my file. But I've right, got right. file folders for everything. I've I've got file folders here that you just can't believe. You can imagine the, almost 100 cases just with Midland alone, and every one of those has its own file folder. Another thing that works really good, and I know I've said this before, but I don't think people really understand. If you take your credit report and you put uh, the pages in those uh, plastic sheet protectors in a little notebook, you can mark all over them with dry erase markers because they're protected inside that, that plastic sheet protector. And then as you're dealing with, let's say, one trade line, you're dealing with that company, and you're marking it up and circling things and underlining this and that other thing, when you're done with that, you can erase that, go to the next one. You can do all the marking up you want, and you're not altering the original document so that when the time comes and you need those pages from those credit reports so that you can make copies to redact to put into the court case or to send to the other side or attach to a demand for debt validation, they're pristine. You marked up the plastic sheet, not the paper. Yeah. Well, the main thing is is to, you know, whatever method you use it's just to make sure you don't write on the originals just don't don't do anything because that's that's called spoilation of evidence and that can potentially make that evidence non-admissible at trial and by the way i just listened to that little link you sent that is priceless (laughs) isn't it though it really is. I'm going to hear it over and over and over again. <laughs> oh, how appropriate. He kind of said it like like it is. On the news. I can't believe he said that. Yeah, yeah live on Fox News. So oh. this is about the wuss? Yeah. yeah. Okay, got it. Yep, yeah. yep. Okay, uh, one more time. Any good news? And then we're going to go to Q&A all right. If anybody's got questions, raise your hand, please. And the way you do that is hitting star eight. Please have yourself muted using star six first. That makes it easier for me to do what I'm doing and uh, keep track of things here. So uh, I'm going to go to, well, all right. We had somebody from Florida. We're having people coming and going here. What's with you guys? Good grief. Come on. Like musical buttons on, on the board here. All right, I'm going to South Texas. I had to mute and unmute you. Go ahead. Hello. Hello. I'm not sure if you called on me or not. I'm well, kind of new I, to this. I just muted and unmuted you. Okay. Or somebody, whoever that was that I just muted and then unmuted right away. I guess I'll I don't go ahead. Hear, I don't hear anybody else talking, so okay. go ahead. Um, yeah, good evening. Um, I This is Kathy, and I was on your call Wednesday night for the first time, and I didn't have any of my information in front of me, and I didn't know who was suing me. Well, I have everything in front of me now. Um, oh, good. good. And I had, I, I had an interesting development today, though. Um, I called the court 
basically Citibank is suing me, uh, Citibank NA is suing me, uh, in a lawsuit that was filed back in 2010, we responded in 2011, and nothing's happened since then. Mm-hmm. Then in November, uh, on November 23rd of this year, we got a motion for a summary judgment in the mail. Mm-hmm. And, and we also got a plaintiff's motion to retain the case on the docket. Well, when I called the court today to find out if a if a trial date has been set or, you know, what kind of activity has been on the account since in the last year, she said that the motion to the plaintiff's motion to retain has been denied by the judge. It was signed by the judge on December 3rd and that there's a hearing on December 11th to dismiss. Wow. And so, I don't know what to do now. Do I go to the court? Do I go to the courthouse to get copies of the documentation? What do I do? When I asked her if there was a... Go ahead. Well, if the the court is doing something, they should send you copies because you're a party to the the action. Mm -hmm. You said it was uh, the court ruled against them on the 3rd? On December 3rd. Their motion to retain? Yes, they denied the motion to retain on December 3rd. It was signed by the judge. Okay, now, I got a question According for to you. the clerk, according to the clerk. Yeah, well, I mean, the clerk's telling you what's, what's on the docket going forth. Now, mm-hmm. I got a question for you. Do you know what a motion to maintain on the docket is? Do you know what it means? No. Have you Googled it? Uh, oh, motion to retain? Yeah, it means to keep the case going. Okay, that's that's. I'm I'm just wanting to know what you have done and what you understand, because okay. sometimes people have this kind of stuff and they're like, "Well, what does that mean?" So you understand what it means? Yes. It means okay. the, their their motion to retain the case and keep yeah. it going has been denied. The judge mm-hmm. has the judge signed an order and denied it. Right. According okay. to the clerk, I, ha- right. I don't have anything in writing. Okay. All right. Now uh, you said there is a hearing on a motion to dismiss. Yes. Where did the motion to dismiss come from? Is that uh, Suis body from the court, or is that from the other party? We have no idea. Then you need to go to the court and find out. What I would suggest oh. is go to the court and get copies of those documents so that you know exactly what's going on. Can you look okay. at it online or not? No. Okay. Uh, if I were in your shoes, I would be at that court tomorrow. Um, what is what is the date for the uh, hearing on motion to dismiss? December 11th. Okay, that's the 11th. Let's see. Eight, nine. So that's Friday. It's Friday, yes. Right, okay. Um, yeah, I, I would be down at that court big time tomorrow. Uh, because I want to find out, did the other side put in the motion to dismiss? 
or is this something that uh, the court is doing sua sponte? In other words, on its own. Okay. See that that can that can make a, a big difference if the other side <laughs> filed a motion to dismiss. He and see here again, you don't know when that motion to dismiss was filed, who filed it, whether it's the court, whether it's the other side, you know what it is. Uh, you need to get copies of these documents because uh, if they're not sending them to you, you can't sit around and wait. You, okay. You, you really, you know, you're dealing with a time element. You want to be on top of this, like stink on doo-doo. Uh, yeah, can you get that information before Wednesday's call? I plan to go down there tomorrow morning. Okay. Now, we have, we have an open call tomorrow night. Okay. That's true. So if you want to bring it up on the open call tomorrow night, we could discuss it. Okay. But you, you, you know, to get a, f a flavor of what we're going to be looking for is, okay, you know, when you come on, you're going to say, you know, lay the preface what's going on. Okay, I went and got copies of the motion to dismiss. Uh, evidently the court's doing that or the other party did it or, you know, we. those are the kind of, questions we're going to ask so you want to study over the stuff and know what's what's there okay i do so that know that the clerk the clerk told me that the reason they denied the motion was failure to prosecute uh-huh yep. yeah i don't know if that they failed to do their job all, after all this time and now want the court to just ignore that and, and reinstate everything, and the court is not apparently in a mood to do that. Right. Well, but here again, we want to find out, you know, I, you don't want to guess. One of the things that you, you just cannot do when you are dealing with legal matters is assume things. You absolutely have to go dig and get the facts of what's going on. And you can't, well, you can't assume, well, it's probably the court that did it. Well, it might be, it might not. You don't know. But you don't want to be sitting in the dark on something like this because this could be very pivotal to you. Uh, if that thing gets bounced out, um, when, when was the default on that? Well, you said that the case was filed in 2010? Yeah. Yes, late two, yes. Late 2010. Yes. Yeah. You're past December 23rd. Yeah. Yeah, you're past statute of limitations if that's if that's dismissed, they can't bring another action against you. Okay, that was another question, but is it now if the courts um if the courts did this, is that a good thing, or could that be a bad thing? Oh, uh, if if the court is uh, having a hearing on a motion to dismiss, uh, I view that as a very good thing because the, the, okay. the the court is you know the court's going to say you know hey you idiots filed this thing in 2010 and you never did anything with it now all of a sudden you you want to pick this thing up and just smack somebody well, yeah that would be the know. court doing the right thing. Exactly. You know, you're going to have to have a, com a real compelling reason why this shouldn't be dismissed. And okay. uh, I don't, I don't, if they, if the court, you know, rejected their motion to uh, keep it on the uh, docket, well, there, there's your, 
<laughs> that's that's a real good indication. I'm I'm going to guess that there's a very high probability that uh, the court is uh, moving to dismiss it, and they're having a, you know having a hearing, and just so that the other side can't say, well, you know, we never had a chance to argue it. But okay. one thing that you got to think about is, well, if you go to that hearing, what are you going to say? And we can discuss do that I, going Do forward. I need to go to the hearing? I would be at that hearing, absolutely. Yes, so would I. You don't okay. ignore that kind of stuff and just wait and see what happens afterwards. You need to be... But here's the thing. Nobody, nobody informed us of this hearing. Well, when was the hearing set, see? And how long does it take to get mail from the court? Stuff like this. Um, These are the things, like I say, unless you go look at that record and see what's in there and get copies of the documents, you don't know what's there. You're guessing. You're guessing when something was filed into the case. You're guessing who filed it into the case. And what's going on? Go down there and look at it. And, of course, you're going to be right in front of the clerk when you're looking at this. So if you've got a question about something, you can ask the clerk. Remember, you can't okay. ask for anything legal advice. It, you can ask them questions strictly about procedure. You know, And if, they, if you ask them a procedural question and they say, well, I can't give you legal advice, you tell them, well, I'm not asking you for legal advice. I'm strictly asking you about procedures on this or that make sure that your question is on procedure. They that's their job to answer those questions. Okay. Okay. But yeah, um, you you want to go down there and get that. And like I say, you, you we've got tomorrow night is an open call and then Terry's call on Wednesday night. So we've got time to, you know, uh for you to come and say, okay, this is what I found, this is such uh such and such and so and so and get ideas on how you might uh, present your side if necessary come to hearing on Friday. But you definitely okay. want to plan on being there. Okay. Don't and I know I, I did ask. Okay, and I did ask the clerk what the chances were. You know, she told me that the order to the that the judge denied the motion to retain and he mm-hmm. signed off on it. And I said, well, you know, what's this hearing for? And I said, what are the chances that he's going to change his mind in the hearing on the 11th? I, I don't understand that. And she said, he's not, he's already signed it. She said, it's, this is just, it, she, she made it sound like it was a formality. You know, kind of a, yes. But I don't, you know, that's, that's the way yeah, I understood well, it. Of course. Well, and, and that, that could very well be, uh, but again, my my admonition: don't make assumptions. Get okay. facts. I can't okay. I can't stress that enough to everybody that listens to this. And that's something a lot of people. Well, you know, well that's usually what they do. So I'm sure that's what. Oh no 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 no! Don't do that. It can cost you. It can cost you dearly. Get facts, okay. please. Okay. But yeah, okay. you, you go get your stuff tomorrow, read it over so you know what's there, so when we ask you questions about it, you'll know exactly what it is. And then, okay. of course, have your stuff with you. But yeah, you're, I think you're in a real good position uh, based on what you've told us, and uh, what's extra good is you got two more open calls this week before you got to uh, go there. Yeah, okay. that, that's great. And, you know, good, that's, that's good news. Oh, that's excellent news. That's excellent news. Absolutely. You're you're in Texas, right? 
Yes, that's correct. Okay, Often. well, we have a four-year statute of limitations here. And if if that is if that case is dismissed, they're time barred from bringing another action. Okay, that's Done. that's good news. I I don't yes, want to get my is. hopes up. <laughs> well, I, but, I I would say from what you've told us, it's it's very encouraging, very encouraging. Okay. But deal with it properly. Don't don't. Uh, think, oh, well, everything's done and we're off the No, no, you're not off the hook until a judge says that case is dismissed. If he dismisses that thing on Friday, you're done because it's past the statute of limitations. I can tell you that right now. Statute in, in Texas is four years. Okay. So that if he dismisses it Friday, you're done with Citibank, period. And they deserve okay. to have it dismissed. Yeah. <laughs> okay, the board... Okay. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you. All right. Thank you. All right. Let's go over to, well, I got South Texas here again. We got somebody else in South Texas. Me too. You too? Yeah. Well, hi, you too. We got a seat too. Go ahead. Which one, South Texas or Tennessee? Texas. We're not talking Tennessee here. We're talking Texas. Okay. (laughs) South Texas, are you going to talk to us, or am I going to go on to the next one? Well, all right. We're going to move on. We're going to go to just... Texas. Hello? You've been unmuted. Texas, you're unmuted. Go ahead. Yeah, can you hear me? Yep, we can hear you. Okay. All right, Dave. Um, okay, I was on the call Wednesday night, um, and this is dealing with, the, you were talking about a few moments doing good news. Uh, well, I had those excellent attorneys that uh, screwed up the case with the wrong name, so far as wrong. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I got the documentation from the court on the order granting uh, defendants' motion for summary judgment. And just as I thought, uh, after talking with the clerk, it basically boiled down to the fact that this is what it says. Plaintiff has failed to file a response and thus failed to meet its burden of proof on summary judgment. So it was centered all around the fact that when I had um, notified the defendants when I uh, served them with uh, summary, I mean, uh, discovery and put in there that I would be unavailable to receive and or respond to any. Uh, okay, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. You were you were going to be out. You told them. Right. right, right, right. So they used that time to go through and ambush me, file right. a motion for summary judgment, knowing that I would not be able to respond within time. And then, of course, uh, I did file extension of time. Of course, it was after. The deadline. Right, so they den- it was denied as moot. Right, right, right. So so that's what happened. I wanted to verify that, and that's exactly what it is. And so the judges took basically everything that they said and hook, line, and sinker and, and awarded that to them. So Well, but the judge, now, didn't, the judge didn't know anything about you being unavailable because you didn't file anything with the court. So Correct. That is correct. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, Go ahead. And, and, and so she she didn't know. Well, and I don't think she even looked at 
uh, when I filed my motion for extension of time to respond to the motion for summary judgment. That was done on October the 6th, and I don't think she even looked at it. Well, no, you don't make assumptions. Don't make assumptions. Let's just deal with facts. Okay. Gave the, gave the board again. Okay. Thanks, Jeff. Uh, let's see. Uh, October the 6th, 2015, motion for extension of time to respond to the defendant's motion for summary judgment. Uh, plaintiff filed on this date. Okay. Um, Why don't what you I've read, from what I've read, Dave, I, I have not seen anything in this order showing me that the judge took anything that was in the motion. It doesn't matter. It, you, you have to go by what's what's there. What you've got to do is a motion for reconsideration and point out the facts. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I understand that. Now, yeah, I'm already working on that. Okay. I'm just saying, based on what I read in the order, you, you asked, well, did she consider my motion for extension of time? Yeah. And they said it was as moot. And I think it was that was the case because – it was filed on October the 6th. The deadline was the 21st or the 24th. And so I don't know that she even looked at it. But, yeah, that's what I'm working on now is uh, my motion for reconsideration. And, of course, included in that, I mean, I'm going to be able to just go through and just destroy what they, the, the lies that they, they, what they, you, they told the court. Well, no, don't, don't think, don't get in here and think about destroying this and that. You need to factually go through and point out what happened and show the court right. that that they uh, knew that you were going to be unavailable and they uh, did what they did and to, gain, un to, and to gain unfair tactical advantage. Yep. Right. That's right. the terminology you want to use. Yes. So you just point that stuff out and that, you know, you were denied due process. The, the, other, uh, the other party, the defendants, knew, were noticed before they filed. They were noticed, if I remember correctly, they were noticed three days before they okay. filed their motion for summary judgment that you would be unavailable. Yes. And yes. as a pro se litigant, you were not aware that you – also needed uh, that you also should have noticed the court that you were going to be unavailable, but right. that you have you have evidence that you noticed them and then attach those as exhibits okay. to your motion for reconsideration. Okay. Now, let me ask you this as well. Should I also include in there, because they stated they, that they weren't a debt collector defined by the FDCPA, which they are because – not only do I have evidence, the evidence came from them, and I submitted evidence back to them when they asked for copies of it when I responded to their discovery request. So they had... Well, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're just arguing the motion for summary judgment here. Don't start arguing the merits of the case. You're, you want to stay on point. You're re, what you're doing is asking the court to reconsider... They're uh, granting the motion for summary judgment, mm -hmm. given the facts that you're presenting to the court. That's what you're arguing. Don't don't be jumping all over the map trying to argue the case and all that stuff. 
You get the summary judgment reversed, and then you can deal with those other issues in in their own time. Okay, that's what I'm asking for. And and doing this motion for reconsideration, I want to make sure that I have all I's dotted and T's crossed as far as exactly what should be included in there. So you're saying I should not address um, the fact that – Number one, they aren't who they say, say that they are. They no, say no, 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 no. You're, you're, you're missing what I just told you. Let me, let me state it again. You no, I heard, have, I heard you say it. Well, then you, there's no reason for you to even ask me about what you were just going back into again. No, if, you fully, do, said, if you fully understand what I'm saying, you stay on point on their motion for summary judgment should not be granted because you never had an opportunity to oppose it. And the reason you didn't is because of their underhanded, unethical efforts to gain an unfair tactical advantage. They were noticed three days before they filed that, that you were going to be unavailable. They filed it knowing that you would not, be, uh, would not get notice of it in time to uh, argue it. You stay right okay. on point with that. Leave the rest of the stuff alone. You you got to focus on what it is you're arguing because your motion to reconsider is not about whether they're a debt collector. The motion that you're asking to be reconsidered is the fact that you want to be able to argue the summary judgment, and and part of arguing the summary judgment is going to be to show the court that there is an issue of material fact before the court, one of which might be whether they're a debt collector or not. Do you see right. do you see how that comes in later, but now is the, yeah. not the proper time to bring it up? Right. I, I do. Now, let me ask you this. Okay, I'm looking under, because this is part of what I'm using, under Rule 60, relief from an order, from a judgment of order. And it talks about one is mistake, inadvertent, kind of surprise, or uh, excusable neglect. Uh, number three is fraud, which previously called intrinsic or extrinsic misrepresentation or misconduct. Where are you going? What's all this stuff about? This is under this is under rule Federal Rules of Civil Procedure Rule 60. It gives okay. you the different grounds to use and. Um, to use for what? Reconsideration? Yes. Okay. So what I want to do, I want to make sure that I use enough or all, all the information in accordance with this rule here in my motion for reconsideration. You be careful. You're, you don't outsmart yourself. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. You're You're wanting to maybe try and make this too complicated. You've got a very clear-cut issue. Mm-hmm. Yours is very clear and very concise in my mind. Okay. They, you told them, hey, I'm going to be out of uh, town working or whatever. I'm going to be unavailable from this date to this date. They got a notice, let's say, on the 24th, and they filed their summary judgment on the 27th, knowing that you were going to be gone, would not be noticed and have ample time to respond. Right, right, yeah. That's the whole thing yeah, that's right the there. Yeah. 
Right. So don't, 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 yeah, but what I'm trying to tell you is don't wander off in left field and try and gather three bushel baskets full of leaves when you only need one little handful. That's your argument. And that's the reason why I'm going to call and ask you because I want to just, I want to make sure that I only include the information that I need to include for my motion for reconsideration and then go back later on and then be able to go through and respond to uh, their motion for summary judgment. Yeah, well, responding to the motion for summary judgment is absolutely not related to what you're dealing with now whatsoever, none. Right. Your whole thing right now is they got their summary judgment through underhanded tactics, and you've got the evidence of it. You present that to the court. Plaintiff only seeks a fair hearing before the court, and the court should not allow the defendant to use underhanded tactics to gain an unfair tactical advantage before the court. I just gave you some language right there. But keep, you know, my, my motion, if I was sitting in your chair, I don't think that thing would be more than about three or four pages. Okay. You know, I'm not going to sit there and go over all the stuff. Uh, it's a motion to reconsider. It's telling, it's giving the court some information that they didn't have. And that's right. what you want to do. You want to be concise. You, you know, you don't want to write them a book. They don't want to write a whole book. If you show them, right. wait a minute, these, you know, this guy, you know, he's got evidence here. He told these guys he was going to be gone. And then they slipped this thing in here. They sent it three days after he said he was going to be gone, knowing he wouldn't be there. Well, that's pretty underhanded and, and rotten. And I'm, you know, if I'd known that, I wouldn't have granted the motion for summary judgment. You know, okay, and, and, you're right. And point out that you are a pro se litigant, and though you don't seek special treatment, you do expect fair treatment from the court and the ability to uh, have your case fairly adjudicated based on facts. Right. On the true facts. Okay. Now, let let me ask you this question, because here's a very important factor, Um, which if the courts, like I say, didn't look at it and didn't take it into consideration, no, 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 no. You're 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 wanting to go back to this other thing. Forget that. Forget no, 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 that. Okay. No, 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 no. You would really be well advised to wait till you get to the bridges before you jump off them. Yeah. Jeff, okay. Hold on, Jeff. Hold on, man. Hold on. You're going down the wrong road. Um, I don't think so. Okay, Dave. Dave. Well, yeah, you are, Dave. Okay, this is what I was going to say. Um, in my plaintiff motion uh, to for uh, let me see. Hold on one second. Enlargement of time? Uh, in, in, in large, yeah. In, when I filed my motion for extension of time on, on October the 6th, I included in there the facts that we're talking about right now, including an exhibit showing uh, what I said to the, to, the, to, the, to the defendant about me being out of town from this date to that date. But if the court didn't consider that, then... Maybe the court didn't look at it until after it did the summary judgment because right. you didn't uh, do it timely. Do that timely. timely. That's right. Yeah. That's okay. right. Okay. So 
It, okay. That's why I'm saying you got to leave that peripheral stuff alone. Don't try and figure out what they did. Look at what your situation is. The KISS mm-hmm. principle really applies here. Keep it sweet and simple. Just show the court they were underhanded in what they did and that you only want a fair hearing before the court based on all the facts and uh, that's it. I mean, don't, don't, don't write yourself a book when you can write half of one chapter. Oh, no, that's all I want to do. I just want to give them enough information so that I can have my, file my motion after, this is, after the reconsideration, hopefully it's granted, then I can right. go through and you, respond to the motion for summary judgment. Right. You were denied due process because of their underhanded tactics, their, their obvious underhanded tactics that they utilized to gain an unfair tactical advantage. Okay. Okay. And those okay. those words are very important. Okay. I got it. I'm just making sure your call is recorded, right? Absolutely. Yep. If for anybody is if anybody is wondering about these calls on TalkShoe, all you gotta do is go to the website and when you get there, you know it shows that uh, that header and everything there. Scroll down the page and you're gonna see the most recent call that was recorded uh at the top and then as you go down they go back in time and you you can go back and go to the very first call back in June of 2009. It's there. Okay. There was this guy just saved. Well, hold on a minute. Let's see if this gentleman is finished here. Okay, Dave. Uh, one last question, Mister Here, and then I'll uh, I'll be done. Um, as far as uh, I guess case law. Um, how many, roughly, how many, how many various case laws do you think I should include in the motion for reconsideration? Well, what what makes you think that you've got to have a whole bunch? Oh, no, I don't. I'm just asking. So I'm just going well, to dot my eyes across. Even the even one. Find okay. something on unfair tactical advantage. Okay. Okay. That's what I do. And do a, do a Google on that unfair tactical advantage Fifth Circuit. Okay. Okay. Stuff like that. Okay. I'll, I'll do it. Okay. Appreciate it. Alrighty. Okay. Let's go to Northern Georgia. You are unmuted. Go ahead. Hello, North Georgia. We're not hearing you. Maybe you got your hands set muted. There I you sure go. did. Okay, I'm doing a I'm doing uh, a double I, mute out. How, how are you guys doing this afternoon? I'm doing pretty good. Well, actually, it's night here in Dallas, but well, yeah, that's what I meant. Okay. <laughs> What's going on? All right, good deal. I need to ask your opinion on something. Okay. All right. So, got a um uh, an old BK that's that's um you know been on the report for some years. Okay. It's a what? Um, probably about a uh, bankruptcy. Oh, okay, a BK. A BK, okay. Okay. And um and, I, and there's a judgment um and all it's 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 paid for but it's still on the report. So, you know, I disputed it a couple of times and then um I, I read somewhere somebody sent me some information that was saying that some guy had um 
you know, uh, put together like a, a, a survey and he sent it to uh, the court where his deal was filed at. And they, they replied back stating that they, you know, that they don't report to the credit reporting agencies, which I already knew that, but it was just cool the way he did the survey. So, uh, of course, you know, um, uh, the court sent that back to him and everything, stamp signs saying, hey, we don't report anything to the credit bureau, it's, it's through a, a third party. Well, he took and he sent that into the credit report and they just used along with a dispute and uh, they went ahead and they took the items off the report. Okay, so he kind of put that information out there. And like I said, somebody knew I was going through this issue and they went ahead and they forwarded that over to me. Well, it didn't quite work out that way for me. It, it's still stuck on the on credit report. And that was kind of like early this year when I sent that letter in. So uh, I decided, okay, well, you know, I'm going to go ahead and get my attorney involved in it and get them to write a letter and uh, and see if we can get that matter off the off the report. So now here's where the next problem comes in. Okay, the attorney, uh, which I don't think that she's really that clear on the Fair Credit Reporting Act or anything, she tells me that uh, you know uh, things like that are going to stay on the report for at least ten years. And she asked if it was mine. I said yeah. And um, now is she know, talking so, the bankruptcy? A bankruptcy, yes. Yeah. What kind? What kind? Um, it, it was a, it was a, 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 a seven. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter which one it is. Well, Go it, ahead. it does. It actually does. It's seven for a 13 and 10 for a, a seven. Uh, oh, okay. Now I didn't know that. I, just, first time I, I, I don't know if I agree with that, that, but I'm not, I, I don't yeah. know for yeah. sure. So, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So I, I'm asking her to, to, if she could write a letter, because, you know, I figure if we disputed it comes to the credit reporting agencies on a turn your letterhead, certified mail, maybe they'll take it a little more serious and go ahead and remove it off the report. Because, I mean, it's, it's nearing that time where it should be coming off anyway. I mean, it's probably been on there about seven years or so. I know it's supposed to be for 10. But she's telling me that, you know, uh, it has to stay on there, you know, I mean, that she can't um, dispute it. I mean, write a letter because, it's supposed to be on there for 10 years and since it's mine and I'm telling her it is. You know, yeah, well, so you need to me get, that Yeah, that lawyer isn't helping yeah. you out any. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so I'm telling I'm telling her some things, and, and it got to a point where, I mean, we both were cool, okay, but, I mean, a little bit more, and we'd have probably been shouting at each other, you know. And so, uh, so she's like, um, uh, well, I mean, you know, you're not giving me a, enough of a reason why, you know, I, I should write this letter because, I mean, we have to – you know, uh, everything I do is on ethics, and I had to, um, I had to, you know, take a laugh at that in, in, in my head, you know, because I'm like, everything you guys do ain't always ethical, right, but anyway. Right. So, so she's telling me that if I can send her some information to prove why that should be offered there, and at the time, I guess I wasn't thinking as clear as I should have because she pissed me off, okay, by just her actions and, and whatnot, not writing a letter. Uh, when I've gotten them to like write letters for like collections and stuff like that, we never had this yeah. kind of problem. Okay, before. let me let me let so me just which, let me cut to the chase at? here. If mm -hmm. I were in your shoes, I wouldn't be talking to the lawyer anymore. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, she's she's telling you why you can't do something instead of figuring out how you can do something. That's that's not a lawyer that I want to have. Uh, that I even exactly. want to waste any breath on. Okay. You know, uh, that's that's a waste of time. I'm not going to sit there and argue with a lawyer. If I got to argue with a lawyer, I can do it myself. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just my personal opinion. I'm not going to sit there and, and argue with a lawyer. Uh, I, I expect a lawyer to try and figure out ways to uh, uh, accomplish what I want to 
get accomplished instead of giving me excuses why they can't do it and tell me, well, you know, I come up and I come up with something, give it to you uh, so that you can charge me a bunch of money for writing a, a simple letter, char- you know, charge you 75 or $100 for writing a letter and say, wow, I really did something for you. That's a bunch of bullshit. Right. But that's just my opinion. Now, uh, Terry may have some suggestions for you. Terry? I left the room for a minute, and I'm not sure what the situation is. Well, <laughs> let let Tim uh, give her a brief overview again of what you got. Sure. Yeah, the, sure. the short uh, have, version, have, please. Have disputed um, a bankruptcy and a, and a, and a, a paid tax lien, okay? And, uh, you know, did come off. Um, I sent a letter in from the court stating that they don't report, and then, it hadn't been removed, so I figured if I get an attorney to write a letter, maybe that might uh, take care of it. Well, okay. the attorney I spoke wait, with. Wait, wait, wait. It's on your credit report, and you're trying to get it removed. That's the issue? Yeah. Okay, and it was a. What was it exactly? Uh, mainly it's a bankruptcy I'm trying to get moved. That's the most important, uh, important thing because it's blocking me from doing loans. Okay, well, is it. Uh, beyond the time that it's allowed to be on there? No, no. It's probably about like seven years or so, somewhere around that time, maybe maybe close to eight now because we've been working with this for a minute. Right, but they I think can... we did this back in seven years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, usually, usually a bankruptcy that old is not going to keep anybody from getting a loan in this day and age. Yeah, for whatever yeah. reason, some of the jackasses I've been talking to, they, that, that's, a, that's an issue. You and might... They've been denying loans because I... of that. You okay. might be able to, you know, schmooze them into it where they just, you know, often in, in, in situations like that, the credit reporting agency just, you know, quite literally gets sick of hearing from you and gets mm-hmm. sick of dealing with it. And when it's that old, it's really no sweat off their brow to just take it off and shut you up. But they have the right to leave it on there for 10 years. Yeah, okay, we, we know that. people that get stuff off, but let me ask you this: You say, mm-hmm. that, uh, to use your terminology, these jackasses you've been dealing with are making a big deal out of. What kind of people are you dealing with wanting to get a loan? I mean, what are you trying to get a loan? Uh, from? Call yeah, hard I mean, money. some of these are funding companies, and yeah, one of the first ones that I looked at were hard money, and then after that, they they just. Well, no, companies. no. What what kind of what kind of loan are you talking about getting? Oh, for, for real estate. Real estate. A, okay, real estate. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're granting loans to people right now that are, uh, are uh, have just been discharged out of bankruptcy. Is this an investment mm-hmm. loan? Yes. Okay. Different oh, story, Dave. That's there's there's where your issue is right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an investment. Now, uh, I don't know. Manny has had some fairly good exper- or, uh, fairly good uh, success in getting bankruptcies off things. Okay. I don't know whether uh, he uh, he could do something there. He he does some of that stuff for people. Um, okay, and uh, I think I've heard him on on your call a couple of times. Uh, you know what? Send me an email. You have my email address, okay. right? Yes, I do. Okay, put in there. Connect me up with Manny. I yep. will send you Manny's contact email so that you can talk to him about it. Yeah. Okay. Good deal. Yeah, he's had a lot of success in in that kind of stuff, so he might be able to help you out there. Yeah, 
Inve- okay. Real estate investment money is hard, especially now. Especially yeah, now, yeah, right. Yeah, Great. Yeah. The climate is not good for that at all at this point in time. You can give that guy my phone number, Terry. I'd appreciate it. Do I do what, Brian? The guy who was just talking, asking about the money, tell him to give me a call. I'll hook him up with the hard money. Okay, you send me an email, too, because I'd have to go look all back through my caller ID to find your phone number. Okay, okay. I'll send it. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Okay. All right, that's, that's what I needed. Appreciate you guys. All righty. You're very welcome. Okay. Well, right, just see, everybody, you just never know the, what kind of situations you're getting into and where help might possibly be able to come from. That's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. And we just Southeast the members Florida. of each other. Yep. Southeast Florida, you are unmuted. Go ahead. Um, can you hear me? No, we can't hear you, Maria. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, because I mute myself. I know, there's I... a smart aleck in every crowd, isn't there? <laughs> I think it's hard to take time to the button. I do everything because I got dogs, and they bark all over the place. And the last thing I want you guys is, is, is slapping me in my hand because the bar- dogs are barking. Um, <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, we've heard your dogs. <laughs> Uh, I got a real serious, not serious, but uh, very interesting. They have filed five motions. And <laughs> At what? They have filed five, five motions against me. Okay. And, and all of them are for sanctions. They want to sanction the daylights out of me. And um, basically, let me just kind of go over the, the list in one second. Yeah, yeah. Motion to to strike subpoena for sanctions. Motion to strike affidavit of Maria. Motion to strike notice of filing depositions. uh, Motion to strike appointment of commissioner. And uh, and that's it. But um, and they also wanted to go ahead and and, um, the subpoena. I got a call from an attorney said he was going to go ahead and file a motion for protective order because I subpoena. Um, the endor- the the lady who endorsed the note to come to the trial. So um, wow. I'm getting ready to. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm I don't know what to expect because I emailed the judicial assistant today and sent her the notice of hearing that I got on Friday and said to her that I was going to that I wanted to know if those hearing if that of those motions were going to be heard this coming Thursday. I know that the the calendar, they have a certain amount of uh, motions that can be heard for one particular you, case. You wouldn't have any, you wouldn't have an opportunity to research and respond. But, yeah, that, yeah, that's, that's my, that's my, my, one of my, my things. But my big issue is that um, they, they, whenever I, when I noticed it back two weeks ago, I had to noticed what? It. Noticed what? I noticed my motion for continuance. I had to cancel it because the judicial assistant would refuse to put it on the judge's calendar or allow the judge to hear it, even after I had motioned her and asked her various times to please allow, um, you know, the, for the motion to be heard. Wait, was, a minute, wait, a minute, wait 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 a minute. They're refusing to file your documents? No, 
they're refusing. No, they were not refusing. Here you have a seven-day business window where you have to file your motion within seven days in order to be heard on the motion calendar. Okay. Okay. I filed my motion seven days, but because of the holiday, she did not include that. She says it was untimely filed, so I had to cancel it. Okay. My question is this. Um, well, it's not my question, but I'm a little bit frustrated because I emailed the judicial assistant. She didn't respond, which means that most likelihood is that I, they are going to go ahead and hear all these motions on Thursday. My the, the motions that they have, I have no problem with because I know that that's just blowing smoke and trying to put fear in me, and it's not working. The only motion that I have that I'm, I'm not that I'm concerned, but I want to prepare is the motion for um, a protective order. I don't know, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know how to defend that or how to. Come Did they against. open the door? Huh? Did they open the door? What do you mean, Jeff? Did they they found in something from her, right? No, they haven't filed it, but they're going to. And what I know they're going to do is they're going to do it at the last minute, how, and then I'm. How going to do think, you know they're going to do it? Yeah, because he told me he was going to do it. He said okay. we're filing a motion for a okay. protective okay. order. Right. No, 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 no. Did they mention this lady before? What do you mean? How do you know about her, Jeff? Jeff, slow down. he's the one that endorsed my mortgage, my my note. I'm right. the one that. Did they introduce I'm the, one that the note? Did they introduce the note? Huh? Did they, Did introduce, they introduce the note? note? Yes. Then they've opened the door. Okay. I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Her being subpoenaed is relevant to them introducing that document right. that she signed. Right. And Maria, their motion for protective order would have to be put in seven days in advance the same way as your motions would be. Yeah, I, yeah, but you know what? This judge can. I know, know I know, I know. The judge so, is a jerk. But I, what was the motion that you couldn't get on the calendar? I I went ahead and filed a motion for continuance, and I wanted to have it heard on the on the third, so that way I can take the deposition of of Cynthia Riley on the seventh, which would have been today. But because she refused to allow it to go into the calendar because it was untimely filed, I had to cancel the hearing and then reschedule it for this Thursday. It's scheduled on the calendar for this Thursday. But lo and behold, Friday afternoon, I get an email with five different motions and a notice of hearing, all to be heard on Thursday as well. Uh-uh. And that's they- including the protective order from the third party, from from Riley's um Attorney, which refused to go ahead and and uh, says that Miss Riley is not going to be showing up to the deposition, and we were we're going to be filing a motion for protective order. How can they get something in under the seven days so you don't have enough time to prepare for it? They yeah. can't. That's but, well. There's there you go. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. There's your arguments right there. My judge is corrupted. My but judge. You need, you're setting a they, record for appeal. Yes. Jeff, Jeff, hold on. When did they file those motions? They they sent them to me on Thursday evening, uh, and they filed the the motions um, on on Friday. 
And when is the hearing? This Thursday. Yeah, so it's not, they haven't filed them seven days in advance. And, and you know, it, it will be unfair for you to be treated different than the opposing party. You should, you should be, and your motion is, has been filed, correct? Yeah. If, if the judge hears those motions that were filed with less than seven days notice, then the judge should hear your motion that was filed with less than seven days that was given with less than seven days notice. It's the uniform motions calendar, right? But that's the thing. I normally right. No, don't don't just ask is, answer John's questions, please. Is it the uniform motions calendar, the normal morning motions? Yes. Okay. And how long have they requested for each one of their motions, do you know? It basically they say that their motions will take less than five minutes. Each or in total? In total. And how long have you requested for your motion that you had blocked? It's a five-minute calendar hearing. You don't get more than five minutes. So technically, the judge is supposed to hear seven motions in five minutes. Yeah, but the judge can run over on the time. You know they're always off on their schedules. Yeah. The, the whole thing, stop and think about something, Maria. Jeff mentioned something before, and I'm going to follow up on it. They. Okay. They wouldn't let you. They they wouldn't let you, or they wouldn't docket anything saying that you were short on time. But they're going to let these people in short of time. Now wait, uh, 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 uh. You have to object to that. If they do that, you're laying your grounds for appeal because that's prejudicial to you. They're allowing them to do something they refuse to allow you to do. You're being denied meaningful access to court. But you have to object to it. You've got to understand when when and if that happens, that's an appeal waiting to happen right there. But you have to make sure that you document it. Maria, do you have a court reporter scheduled? Yes, I do. Good. I'm so happy for you. That's one thing that Maria's good on. She's getting that done. Yeah, she would never be without that now. Have you formulated your argument on this? This is what you need to do. You need to stay, Your Honor, I am pro se acting my, for myself. The plaintiff in this matter has counsel. Plaintiff's counsel has, filed, has called their motions up in less than seven days. I'm attempting to call a motion up in less than seven days. The court is allowing plaintiff's motions to be heard contrary to the rules of the court, but denying the pro se party's motion uh, with the rules of the court. Because of this, is the court stating that the rules only apply to pro se parties and not attorneys? Something like that. Something yeah. like that, because you put that in there, you know, then then you're going to object for denial of due process, for for um, for uh, prejudice. You know, she's prejudiced against you. Prejudice, not you know, prejudice. It's prejudicial. Not racial, against. yeah. Yeah, it's right. it's pre- you're you're being prejudiced because she's allowing the uh, plaintiffs to do things. To, and disallowing you to do the same. It's prejudice. It's showing fe- so, fe- 
so Never when you it. add that on to your argument, and, and if this is the case, it is dot, 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 prejudicial to the plaintiff. It, it is a denial of due process. It, is, uh, it makes a mockery of the court that you are an officer of. You know, it depends how you want to get. If you get a court order, this if is you my get thing. it out there, you lay it out as an argument. You lay it out as an argument. An argument is a mathematical function, believe it or not. And, and you've got enough time to go online if you don't know how to formulate a proper logical argument. And you can, you can connect the things with the and and the or and where the punctuation goes and lay it out such that when you present it, she will have no choice but either to hear your motion or deny hearing their motion or put herself in the box of, you know, well, an appeal and, and recusal. This is, this John, is one of the things. Thematical in arguments all the time. <laughs> this is what I was contemplating. Okay. They have filed their exhibits um, um, late, which means that I haven't said anything. I haven't filed my motion. But I don't want her to grant my motion for continuance. So I really am thinking of not fighting it too much. Why? Because once that happens and, and she denies it and we go to trial next week, then next Monday or Tuesday I'm going to go ahead and file that motion for, for, um, for, uh, for sanctions because they un, uh, un, uh, filed the exhibits untimely. Okay, and I'm going to ask her to preclude them from using any of it. Well, they can't use any of the of the exhibits anyway. So if I can get to that point where I, I can use that, and if I can let her do whatever it is that she's going to do and let her bring me a new one, like they would say, and, and, and have a field day with me on Thursday, then my field day will be on, on the following Thursday at my trial when she is going to, if she denies my motion, and then at that point in time, I'm, I'm very highly considering asking her to recuse herself or disqualify herself from the case. She won't do it. She'll deny it and move forward. So you've got to have everything, Maria, set up for a slam dunk appeal, just like John was just talking about. Lay it on, because she is exercising prejudice against you, simply because you are not an attorney. Right. And the thing with an argument is, you know, you can argue and argue and argue till you turn purple. Or you can lay out a grammatically correct, logical argument that is clear, concise, to the point, short, one sentence, although it's a, you know, it's a compound sentence, one sentence that once it's out there, if she opens her mouth one way or the other, someone's going to lose. It's either going to be you, them, or her. And if you lose, you're going to have an appeal. And that's the way it is. That's, that's the power of the tongue is to come up with that argument and just lay it out there. If, if you remember back to Jesse's case, Tanner you know, things played, he played his poker face, and then all at once, boom, it was over. The other girl, yeah. the other lawyer didn't know what happened. Yeah, and that's, that's pretty much what I'm, I'm, I'm kind of looking, trying to work towards. Um, how successful I'm going to be, I don't know. But 
I have a lot of, um, my gun is loaded and loaded heavily. So even if they take me out, they take a couple of my bullets, I still got some some very considerable bullets that even if she denies it, even if she says no, um, I'm still going to appeal. And it was just today. I, I mean, I was just like flabbergasted because um, I, I I get the the um, logs from uh, Neil Garfield. Mm-hmm. He just sent me two. Um, actually, I don't even know how I came across them, but I got three case law. One was decided November 25th, 2015, the other one July 1st, 2015, and the other one October 28th, 2015. And they all have to deal with, um, I'm going to tell you, let me see, that uh, that the two entities, two separate entities, which is exactly what I'm dealing with because my original lender is not the one that is licensed and it's not the one that is pursuing the foreclosure. So, um, these are just actually key because it just brings it it, 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 it puts the coffin, the, the nail on the coffin. It says, and here's, I just read a little bit. Although there was testimony at trial that Chase Bank is wholly owned subsidiary of J.P. Morgan Chase, parent corporation it's, and its whole wholly owned subsidiary are separate distinct entities. As separate legal entities, a parent company cannot exercise the rights of its subsidiary, which means that this here is the nail on the coffin for them. Because although it's not J.P. Morgan Chase, but they're trying to say that Home Loan Centers, Inc. is the same thing as Home Loan Centers, USA, Inc., and they're not. They're two distinct companies. So I'm, I'm, I'm really excited because I, I see a lot of the things um, just coming to play. And, again, I got my, my gun fully loaded and they're trying to unload a couple of my bullets, but I'm going to fight to keep them. And if I keep them, hallelujah. If not, I'll go ahead and ream them with the others. Well, Maria, well, you know, you can go ahead You can go ahead and do what we mentioned if you want, which would be, you know, cornering the judge into a box. And if she denies it, you're still going to have appeal and, uh, an appeal anyway. And and if that's the case and it goes and this goes to trial, you've already got a game plan set up for that. So you're you're like a chess player playing many moves in advance under dis, different scenarios. And I can tell you from when you first started calling in to hear you now, the number of documents you put together, the number of things you throw in to the docket and the quality of the work you're doing and the confidence that you have combined with your determination to kick butt and take no prisoners is awesome. And, and someday you're going to sit back and think about this and go, wow, I did this, you know, regardless of what the outcome is, but I see a good outcome coming for you. It may take a short haul, may take a long haul, but. And and let me tell you something. I'm not going to hold any punches against this judge. She is coming down to because she is going to have a hell of a complaint with the judicial board with, from me and her assistant as well. And I'm and still, I'm, I'm, I'm formulating every, your defender. <laughs> I, I got all my emails already. I, I keep them all nice and neat, and I send her emails strategically asking her certain questions, uh, saying certain things, very politely, very nice. But it was like, okay, here you go. Here's a bullet. Are you going to go ahead and are you going to, you know, what are you going to do with it? 
and and I'm 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 really determined to 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 make a point because what I'm seeing is that if we pro se's don't get up and start yelling and screaming and 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 crying bloody murder that we're tired of being bamboozled by these judges, then you know what? Nobody else is going to do it. And 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 I'm just uh, I'm just really disgusted with with the whole way this woman um you know does it and and then she has her campaign videos still online oh oh my, vote for my mom because she's very fair she's even fair to us i'm like are you <laughs> freaking kidding me yeah yeah I'm really yeah. proud of you, so, Maria, because it's true. Everybody has to look in the mirror and ask yourself one simple question. If not me, who? Who? That's right. And the one thing I'll, uh, that I'll leave you with here, because we've got to move on, we've got other people, um, is don't forget to object. That's my biggest issue. Oh, I, and, that's, and that's why I wanted to mention it. When something happens, objection, Your Honor, because when you do that, that's making your record for appeal. But if you forget that, that can be fatal. Yeah, no, and and I have not done that in any of my uh, my hearings. So I yeah, have to you, do that. You mentioned that, and that's why I wanted to make a point of mentioning it now and not let you get away without it. But we do have to get going here. We've got four other people in the queue, and we're running down on time. Okay, bye. All right. Thank you. All right. We got to keep rock and rolling here. Let's go to Western Washington State. You are unmuted. Go ahead. I don't know because I've only listened to 35 to 42. Hello, Washington State. You got to speak to us or I'm going to move on. Um, yeah, um, yeah, go ahead, Washington State. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay, sorry. We're running short on time here. We got to keep moving. Go ahead. Right. Okay, so I uh, got a breach of contract from Discover Bank. and filed You got a breach of contract? You mean you got a lawsuit for breach of contract served on you? Uh, yeah, I did. And then I, okay. I filed a notice of dispute. This was August 11th, um, and motion for enlargement of time. Okay, so okay. then... The, the plaintiff uh, responded, and, and this is one question I have. They're they're sending the stuff to, and the address is on my driver's license, but it's not like my address. I don't know if that makes any difference, but I'm going to ask. Well, they should be sending it to your address. Well, yeah, because I moved from the address. What happened is they... Um, the address that I used to live at that they served me at, they actually had someone come to the door and serve me, and I was, was house-sitting at the time because a friend of mine was out of town. So I just happened to be there, and they served yeah. me. Yeah, well, you got served then, yeah. Uh, July 25th, but then they're sending these subsequent things to... Well, you need to you need to correct them, tell them that they're sending it to the, the improper address and give them the correct address. That way they get it to you. You get it right away. It's not delayed somehow. Okay, but so that's it doesn't really change the timing on anything on that, though. No, no, no. Oh, but to, okay. what, it's, what it's going to do is when they if they mail something to you, and if it's got to go through like a forwarding process and stuff, might take two, three, four, five extra days before you get something, which cuts into your time and, and 
how you deal with it. So you want to get the correct information. You're already in the lawsuit, so uh, right. tell them, you know, you're sending this to the wrong uh, address. And uh, what I do is put a notice into the court and uh, file a notice into the court to your correct mailing address is such and such, not such and such, where the uh, uh, plaintiff has been sending things. And then, of course, you, if you file something with the court, you have to send a copy to the other side, and then, then they know about it. But that way okay. you're making it official so the court is notified of it. So if the court goes to send something out, that you're getting it at the right address. Okay. All right. Thank you for that. Sure. And so I filed uh, the motion for enlargement of time on this and mm-hmm. the notice of dispute. It's, it's for a Discover uh, Bank thing. Okay. So then uh, on the 30th of October, they sent me something that said, uh, pursuant to my request for validation of the above referenced account, um, they will. They sent me copies of affidavit of creditor and billing statements. Okay. Now you're you're okay. talking about the credit card statements. What appear to be credit card statements, right? Yeah, they're copies. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, they're okay. not going to send you originals, obviously. Now, question. Okay. Question. Did you look very carefully at them? Did they start from the beginning with a zero balance? You know, I haven't looked at them that closely. Okay. When you get anything, you need to look at it closely. You need to know exactly what you've been sent. Okay. You can't just, oh, well, I got a bunch of pieces of paper and throw it over on the desk. You can't do that. Because if they're saying, well, this is documentation of the debt you owe, one of the very first things and we talk about this all the time, is did they start from the beginning? Because, you know, when somebody opens an account, how much money do you owe? Nothing. Um, Nothing, right? Okay, Okay, sure. Okay, Okay. you start with your first statement will have a zero. It'll have a zero starting balance, and maybe you charged $81 that month. Well, then the month ending balance due is $81, but the beginning balance was zero. And this is what people have got to look at. You've got to make sure, you know, whatever statements you got, put them in the order by date, see if there's every single statement, and see if it goes back to the very first one if the beginning balance on that statement was zero. And most of the time you're going to find that it's not. So the first thing is, well, the beginning balance on this oldest statement or supposed statement you sent me is, is $1,240. Where did $1,240 come from? Okay. You see the problem? I do see the problem. So uh, I can definitely look at that. Yeah. Got to look at this stuff in detail. Sure. And and so I'll do that and and maybe get on tomorrow's call and see how that is. Or I I guess Wednesday's. Well, tomorrow night's an open call, too. So we're going to have open call tomorrow night and Wednesday night. So, man, you get get three open calls this week. That's fantastic, especially for people like yourself that got to go and, you know, look at some detail and then get some answers in the short term. So so a a quick question I have then is, so they sent this documentation, you know, saying here's the proof of the debt, okay? Mm-hmm. So I didn't I didn't respond to that. Then today I just got in the mail, um, basically motion for note for a motion document. Basically I'm supposed to go the 28th of this month to a summary judgment a hearing date. 
Oh, okay. Um, so there's a summary judgment hearing. Did they? Did, did you receive a copy of their motion for summary judgment? Yes, I did. Okay. And you need to respond to that. When did you get that? When did? Uh, let me I, ask you this. When did they file it? Um. Let's see what the date they filed it. Um. The hearing dates December second. It says on the papers. Well, that's December the date 2nd. that they filed it. Um, I think so. Yeah, December second to the court clerk, and to, yeah, December second they filed it or declaration of mailing. I'm sorry. Um, no, I'm I'm interested in when did they file the motion for summary judgment with the court? Boy, um. Okay, I don't. Sorry, I don't know. I'll have to look that up too. Then, when did yeah? See, this is up? all the stuff's very okay. important because okay. you've only got so much time to answer. When they file a motion, you've got whatever your uh, rules of civil procedure are for your state. That tells you how many days you have before you can file an opposition to it. If you don't file an opposition, they're automatically going to get summary judgment. There'll be no question. That's what it appears when I've read it. And, you know, I'm just seeing... Well, well, no, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Go ahead. You're taking something for granted. That's the way it appears. Well, they put something in, and it's up to you to argue it. That's the way the courts work. If you don't argue, that means you agree. Right, right, yeah. Um, Okay, no... So what I was saying is that yeah, if I don't argue, they're just they're going to put it in. I mean that's basically what the document says. Well, they're going to rule. They've they've already they're filed it. Rule. But here again, when did uh-huh. they file it? How much time do you have? You want to look and see, find out when it was filed with the court, and then you need to look at your rules of uh, civil procedure for your state and how long you have to respond to a motion for summary judgment. Rules of civil procedure with state. Um, okay, because like I said, I just got this today. So. Um, uh, All right. Well, and it was probably fairly recently filed. Right. Well, they're saying on here that um, somebody's swearing that. Uh, no, 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 no. That's got nothing to do with filing. Okay. Well, okay. You're talking about the content of it. Let's let's first determine what when it was filed and how much time you have to respond to it. So that you know how much time you've got to deal with it. Then get in and look at it and figure out how you're going to argue it. Okay. Okay. It See, if you don't know how long you have to to argue it, then uh-huh. you got a problem. Right. It you know, appears it was filed December second. Okay, and and you got it today on the seventh, so five days. That's it. It still shouldn't. Uh, is the lawyers that far away? Or are they pretty close to you? Oh, uh, they're pretty close. They're just twenty miles. Oh well, I mean, it shouldn't take five days for you to get something after they file it. <laughs> okay. So they waited. What's the postmark on the letter? On the envelope. Uh, let, let me see because see it doesn't. It's the address thing, but let's see the postmark on. Oh, so it went to the other address and then came to you. Right, December third oh, well, is. It, well, December third is the postmark on the. Yeah. Okay. 
But see, that's that's where you run into the problem, and why you have to notice them because see, you you lost at least two days there, maybe three. Okay. Because of that. Okay, so I'm going to look at. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say um, you need to find out, look at your state rules of civil procedure okay, and find out how much time you have to respond to a motion for summary judgment. And that's going to tell you what you're, that's going to be able to give you a date on, uh, if they filed it on the 2nd and you've got uh, 15 days, that means you, you'd have to respond by the 17th. Plus, you see if, if you got mailing time, which well, usually you do. Okay. What it says as I'm looking uh, through this motion, though, this is uh, Rule 56, Summary Judgment. It says motions in proceeding. The adverse party prior to the day of hearing may serve opposing documents. So uh-huh. prior to the day of hearing. So. The day of hearing is Monday, the 28th of December, so that means like 27th. Well, that's well, but I don't, you need to look at your rules. Okay. What do the rules say? If you don't follow the rules, Uh you can come out on the short end of the stick. That's one thing we keep telling people. Follow the rules. Follow the rules. Well, I don't know what the rules are. Then go look them up. (laughs) They're out there. Okay. Okay? Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Now, remember, open call tomorrow and Wednesday, too. So do some homework. Okay. And then if you got more okay. questions, come on the calls. That's why we're here. Okay? Okay, great. Thank you for your time. All right. You're welcome. Bye-bye now. All right. We're, we got to keep moving here. Jeez, i got four people in here. We're going to move quickly here. we got Debt Be Gone. Go ahead. Hi, Dave. Hi there. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Good. Not good, actually. Oh. <laughs> I, went scheduling, I went to my scheduling conference on Friday. Yeah. I got slammed there because I was expecting them to be just discussing the schedule. But we had a very nice, a sweet female judge. And she talked to me like very nicely, and then she asked the other side, okay, what do you want to do with this case? Did you all do settlement? And they said, yeah, we offered her to drop the judgment, but she refused. And uh, so she said, so what are your plan now? And so they said, oh, we are filing, we want to file motion for summary judgment because we have enough proof that she doesn't have a case. You know, they said she already has the judgment against her, and she, you know, she got a chance to fight it over there. And so I, I, I listened to them, and then I, I, I realized I was supposed to object, and I forgot about objecting. And so then I told the judge, I said, am I supposed to object because I object to everything that they said? So she said, okay. So I said, like, do you want to hear my side of the story? And she said, no, I read your complaint. It was very well written. So I got your side of the story. <laughs> so I said, okay. So uh, she dis- she said that she's giving them time to file the motion for summary judgment. And I'm like, so what happens to the whole scheduling stuff? So she said, oh, we'll save that for later. We'll de- we- it depends on what happens with the motion for summary judgment. Well, she's doing things kind of bass-ackwards. Yeah, that, that was what I thought. <laughs> yeah. 
she just gave them, and I'm like, what, why? Like, what happened there? She said, well, and then she said, you know, she, do you have the case, your your state case? I said, I do have. It's in public record, but the, I'm not bringing the case for that judgment. That's a separate issue. I'm bringing it against the their violations, the FDCPA violations, and their actions in that case. So. Uh, she said, well, let them bring it, and then you will get a chance to uh, respond to that motion for summary judgment, and then, you know, either you win or you lose. So well, then you can take that, it there. If that's what the court's doing, then wait till you get the motion for summary judgment, and then you're going to have to make your arguments. Okay. So is that normally what happens, is that they just put a motion for summary judgment? Well, no, usually there's a scheduling order and uh, uh you know, right, discovery kind of... and stuff. You know, um, you uh, you objected, but uh, you uh, you know, did it, were you planning on doing any discovery on them? Yeah. Okay. Because I was, well, I see, was that's, the scheduling well, that, conference. Yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff that you know when the judge was there saying, well, you know. Uh, do you want to hear my sort of side of things? Well, uh, uh, no, I, I read your case. Well, Your Honor, I need discovery. Um, you know, you're, you're saying that you're going to allow them to uh, uh, just file a motion for summary judgment. Your Honor, I object. I, I haven't had an opportunity to do any discovery yet. That's shortcutting the rules and denying you due process. Right. So is there any anything that I can do now? Because I didn't say that at that hearing because well, I said... No, Sharon, when, when they file their motion for summary judgment and you put in your arguments, that's some of your arguments. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that you, that's going to be one of your arguments, that you have not had uh, the opportunity for discovery, uh, <clears throat> to uh, discover pertinent evidence, and uh, summary judgment should not be granted. Right. Because it, to, I to do so I... would be a denial of due process. Right. They apparently have enough information for a summary judgment. Do you all have? So, so they said yes. So she said, well, if they have well, enough information. you believe enough everything a lawyer says? I know. So I'm like, but I, I object okay. to everything that you said, you know. So. Sharon, slow down. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah slow down. Yeah. But anyway, that's basically you're going to be looking for your motion for summary judgment. And then when you get it, uh, you're going to want to work on that, and what I would very much suggest you plan on doing, mm-hmm. and in fact, you might want to see about getting it uh, typed up now so that you have it available later, is, mm-hmm. you know, you've got uh, 21 days to answer summary judgment in federal court plus three days mailing, and what I would do is wait out until you're about the 19th day and then file a motion for enlargement of time to uh, answer a motion for summary judgment because you're a pro se, you don't have a staff, and you need to uh, uh, additional time to do proper research and uh, ask for an additional, you know, 15 days or something like that and, and get yourself another couple weeks after that. Nope. That'll give you plenty of time to work on that and come on the calls and, and get information and guidance. Right. Yeah, but she's given them till March 21st to give the motion for summary judgment. I'm like, wow, that's a long time, you know. So March well, 21st, yeah. What? Well, I, yes. you know, you know what I think I would do? Uh-huh. I think I'd go ahead and propound discovery on them. Yeah. Oh, maybe that's what I'm supposed to do? 
Yeah, I, I would definitely. If you've um, got discovery you're going to do, jump on that and, and get your discovery going. Yeah, she's okay. giving you time to do it. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. Yep. So, Get busy. Like my, my discovery mainly is the, the affiant, the, uh, the deposition of the affiant. So is that what I do? Or I put, send them the interrogatories and stuff like that? Well, you, you, you sit down, you have to sit down and think, okay, what information do I need to prove mm-hmm. my case? And what tool in discovery do I use to get that information? Is it production of a document? Is it documents that I want? Then it's a request for production. If it's answers about information, you do that with interrogatories. If you can just ask them to admit or deny something, then you send them admissions. If you need to talk to a specific person to get testimony from them, then you have to set them for deposition and depose them. Okay, so I have to read, uh, read, uh, dig into that in the website, and then I then I'll ask you a smarter questions. <laughs> yeah, well, well, it, it, think of what I just said. Yes, you have to stop and think. What yep. information do I need, and then what is the discovery tool that I use to get mm-hmm. that information, and then go through John's webinars that he's got in the in the uh, website on discovery. He's got a whole okay. bunch of good information in there. Oh, but yeah, think think in terms of, okay, what do I need to find out? And then, okay, now that I've identified what I need, now what tool do I use to get it? Okay. okay. I'm I'm glad because I was just thinking, oh, God, I just have to wait till March 21st. But no, I didn't no, think no, no, that no, maybe no. I nope. should do the discovery already. Nope. That's good. No, nope. you, so. you do discovery on them and you'll set them back in their chair. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. So even though we didn't do the scheduling conference and stuff like that, I can just still go ahead and start. Uh, I would go ahead and do it. I would absolutely okay. go ahead and do it because you're within the rules to do it. Okay. 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 That's good. Okay. I have another simpler question. Hopefully. You got to make it real <laughs> quick because we've got a couple Very of quick. three other people on on the uh, call here, and we okay. got to okay. got to rock and roll. Okay. Go ahead. It, it, it's about portfolio. I had sent a debt validation to them. You know, they were making calls to me, uh, lots of calls to me, so I sent them a debt validation, and the amount was only $263. So, uh, yeah. And so I sent them, and they said, no, it is uh, valid. And they sent me a letter saying, oh, this was owed to this bank, and this is the amount, you know, blah. And I'm like, that's not, that's, in, you know, inconclusive and insufficient yeah. information. So they asked the bank to send me a letter. So the bank sent me the same letter saying that, you opened an account in 2007, and your balance is $263. So no, That's, that's not validation. <clears throat> you made the request of the collector, not of, of the bank. The collector, right, yeah. So, But the bank sent me a letter on their behalf, I guess. So well, they can't how do, do that. I They cannot? No. You, oh. the, the debt collector is trying to collect it. You, your, your validation request was to the debt collector. It wasn't to anybody else. It wasn't to President Obama, one of the senators, or the bank. It was to the debt collector. So do I respond? And they're the ones that have the responsibility to properly validate the debt or stop collection. Okay, so I just send them another letter saying it's not validated. You need to cease collection. Is there a cease cease and desist letter or something? 
Well, I no? what I would do is very simply tell them, you know, someone else sending me information is not validate is not sufficient to answer the validation request I made of you. The request was made of you, not of any other entity. Okay. Either okay. Uh, provide uh, proper uh, validation of the debt mm-hmm. or uh, stop collecting. Okay. So I don't respond to the alleged original creditor. I just uh, no, respond no, I wouldn't to do the that. collector. No, okay. no, I wouldn't do that. Okay. No. Okay, thank you. You got to remember, that's that's if I ask you to mm-hmm. send me something, you know, mm-hmm. a monogrammed pen with your name on it. Mhm. Jeff doesn't send it to me. You do. Mhm. Terry right. doesn't send it to me. I asked you for it. I didn't mm-hmm. ask Jeff for it. Right. Okay. Okay. Very simple. Okay. Has to come from okay. from who the request was made to. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Let's go to Johnny Yuma. We got to keep moving here, everybody. Hopefully, everybody will be on point here and we'll get her done because we're already past the top of the hour, Ted. Past ten after, actually. Hey, how's it going tonight? Pretty good. We're just running really? late here. That's all. Yeah. yeah, I hear you. How are you doing? Yeah. I'm doing all right. Gonna make it good. quick for you. I'm make it quick for you. Um. My uh, service of process went out past 120 days. I miscalculated it uh, by six days. What are my options? Is the already filed a um, motion to dismiss based on that, not the merits of the case? But yeah, what are my well, I I don't know. Um, if you can come up with a good excuse and uh, argue that to the court and. Uh, yeah. See if they'll allow you uh, an extra three days or whatever. And yeah. uh, th- something I want to tell everybody, and this is something that came up, as of December 1st, that window is no longer 120 days. It is 90 days. And 90 days from the date of filing, correct? That's correct. Yeah. You Not have to have the party served no more than 90 days after the filing of your complaint, or you can be in the position that you're in. Right. See, I went from 90 days, or not 90 days, but 120 days from the filing, or from the issuing of the summons. Nope. That nope. was wrong. Yeah. Yep, that was your mistake that you made there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so and see, so you never want to run it out to the end of things like that anyway. Never, ever do that. Yeah, I didn't really mean to. It's just they were so hard to track down. And the actual attorneys that are in this case um, that I'm suing as well. Were were they avoiding service? No, they were uncooperative. They didn't want to answer any of my questions. They hung up on me on the phone. Oh, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's that got to do with serving them, though? Nothing. I served the attorneys. There were four attorneys and uh, a lead defendant, the debt collector. Okay. okay, well, who, you, you already, you served them, all of them, but one within the proper time, or what? Right, I served all but one within the proper time. Okay, and the one you didn't get served within time was what? Was who? The defendant. The original defendant? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the defendant. And why, why didn't you get them served? You just, I, couldn't find out, I couldn't find out their address or their registered agent. I couldn't find out who they were. They had changed names a couple of times after um, 
All right. Then that's what you, what you've got to do. Do you know where to serve them now? Yeah. Yeah, they've been served. Oh, they've been served. Okay. They've been served. Yeah, the, the attorney um, wrote a motion to dismiss the case. Yeah. Okay. What, but what I would do is I would go back and I would argue that, and and give that information. State that you you uh, the the company had changed names several times. Had uh, you know changed locations. This that whatever it was. And it, it took, you know, an extensive amount of work to finally determine where they were, uh, uh, where they were, and they were filed uh, uh, no more than several days past the deadline. Mm-hmm. And uh, it yeah, went out, and, and uh, you know, to uh, uh, dismiss them from the case would be prejudicial to you. And see if you can find some case law. Yeah, we'll do that. Yep. We'll definitely do that. But I, I'd make the arguments about, you know, uh, they moved and this and that, all, all the plausible arguments. Don't don't make stupid arguments, obviously. No. No, but, you know, you. make uh, legitimate arguments why it took you so long. You got to, you know, it, the plaintiff's intent uh, was obviously to get everybody served because he was able to serve all other defendants except this one and, in fact, did finally get the uh, correct information and location so that they could be served. And there was only uh, uh, several days uh, outside the uh, the window. And therefore, uh, you know, the court, uh, you know, the court should uh, allow the service to stand. I hope so. It'd be six days, but if not, I'll just sue them again. So, um, yep. anyway, um, the other question was: I have an entry of judgment setting on that same docket too, and uh, I was wondering how long are they supposed to sit there before the judge does anything with them? That's you know? all. That's all strictly up to the court, the individual court. Yeah. They so run their own docket. Up? I can't file a motion to compel on that or anything. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't want to. T- no, no. The court, the court works at its own speed. You've heard yeah. that old saying: "The wheels of justice turn slowly." That's well, right. Thank you. Yep. You can't hurry the court's docket. The court okay. works at its own speed. And if All you right. try, chances are you're going to piss them off. Probably. Yeah. No. I and that's not a good thing. Yeah. No. no. Okay. And that's supposed to get service on that uh, motion to dismiss from the other party? Well, of course. You should always get served with a, a copy of everything. Yeah, that's. I noticed it on a Pacer, but it's been like five days and I haven't received anything yet. Well. <laughs> Maybe he'll avoid service and I'll be able to do something on that. I don't know. Well, yeah, You well, you make sure you answer it timely. Oh, I will. <laughs> yep. I will. Okay, and make that an issue, too, that they failed, you know, they mysteriously failed to uh, uh, send you, to properly serve you by mail, and you you didn't discover until late, and you had to make a hurried response. I'm also going to see, you see, there's no process of service that I've been served that motion to dismiss on the record either, so... I'm also going to make a motion. No, there's, there's, no. They, if they file a motion to dismiss with the court, they, they have to put a certificate of service with it. And that's saying that, that you've been served. That's just it. They didn't. Well, that, but that's what I'm saying. You make an issue of that with the court, the fact that uh, they they didn't do that. All right. Gotcha. Okay? Gotcha. Thanks a lot, Dave. All righty. You bet. Take her easy.
All right. We're going to go to California, and that's going to be our last one. we got people that keep coming into the queue here, and we're not doing that. It's, it's way past time. Come on. There we go. Northern Middle California, I think, maybe. You've been unmuted. Hello, California. Can you hear me? I can hear you, but I think you're Southern California. There was somebody Northern California that I unmuted. Okay, so I'm going to set the alarm maybe for... Uh, uh, that's, that's what I well, okay. no, that's somebody else that's talking there. All right, go ahead. Go ahead, Pam. Oh, um, I think you're aware of the changes that came down uh, regarding the December 1st and discovery, and I just wondered what the effects of that you thought would be. I I actually haven't read through and studied all of it, so I can't. I'm not in a position to address it, to be honest with you. Okay, then I'll just check in with you later. Time. I was just curious if anybody had any input on the, you know. Yeah, no, I I've had so much stuff going on back and forth that uh, I, I wanted to get back and uh, and read that, but uh, I haven't gotten to it yet. Okay. I only got about three years worth of reading I want to do, and <laughs> can't seem to find the. The time to do it. I, I'm so surprised. <laughs> well then, have a great night. <laughs> All right, thanks you too. All right, we're going to call it a night here. We had somebody else that had their hand up there, but they didn't answer, so uh, we're going to call it a wrap. I'd like to thank everybody for joining us tonight. Thank you, Terry, Jeff, John, for your input, and uh, I hope everybody will that has questions, well, whether you got a question or not, because it's a good learning experience, I hope you'll uh, come on the call tomorrow night. There is an open call. It's the off week. Terry finished up her third installment of the webinar series last week, and next week, a week from tomorrow night, she's going to be doing Q&A on that. So any of you that were uh, uh, in on those webinars, make sure that you write down your questions. Don't trust them to memory because then it's like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, that's right. I was going to ask her about that. Don't do that. Write them down. You know, even if you're younger than me, um, you probably forget some things. I just forget more because I'm old. But uh, the bottom line is uh, tomorrow night is an open call. Uh, that's on blogtalkradio.com forward slash W-L-I-Y-D. And if you need to get to Jesse's website, which everybody should be getting there if you're not a member already, all you got to do is open a browser and go to Knockout Collectors, and that's T-O-R-S dot net. That'll take you right to Jesse's site. Put in your name, your email address. That's an opt-in for spam. You're going to get an automated email right back with a link in it. Click on that. You're saying, yep, I want to receive the emails and find out what's going on. And then you're going to get a second email back. It'll have some information in it, and it'll have a link that'll take you into the free part of the website where you can see the type of material that's available there to help you educate yourself. And because, you know, we don't do it. You have to do it. We just assist. That's all. But uh, to become a full member and have access to everything, it's $99 for the first month. It's $49 a month after that for as long as you want to be a member. But the best part is you do it risk-free, there's a 60-day money-back guarantee. You can go in there and study and look around and learn and learn and learn. And if for whatever reason you decide it's just not for you, well, all you got to do is go through the procedure that you're given, 
and you get your money back. So there's no risk for 60 days. The bottom line is these calls on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday nights are not a substitute for being a member of the website. They just aren't. If you think that you can learn what you need to know by just being on these calls and not being in the website and studying the specific areas, you're only kidding yourself. You're doing yourself more harm than good. Don't do that. It's well worth your time to get in there. You can split memberships. Actually, there's two IP addresses for each membership. Terry coordinates those, so you can get it down if you can find somebody to share a membership with. It gets you down to $24.50 a month. And uh, if you want to do something like that, if you're interested in sharing with somebody, send Terry an email at queensongbird at gmail.com. And just put in the subject line, want to share membership. And also, if you're not on Terry's mailing list to get her call information for Wednesday nights, send an email to queensongbird at gmail.com and simply say, please put me on the list. And my God, don't wait till Wednesday afternoon to, get, to do that because you're not going to get the reminder. Her call starts at 8 o'clock Eastern time, just like the call tomorrow night. Those calls start an hour earlier than mine on Monday nights. So it's 8 o'clock Eastern, Tuesday and Wednesday. So uh, thanks again to everybody that joined us. Hope everybody has a great evening. I've got a little more legal work to do. And then there's a pillow that wants my company, and I'm going to go enjoy its company. And I hopefully will talk with many of you tomorrow night on Blog Talk Radio. Have a great evening, everybody. Good night. Good night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.